Hey guys, what's up? If you are looking to make your business more legit and not get sued and lose everything that you worked so hard to build, this is going to be the episode for you. In this episode, we're going to get into uh, legal entities. We're going to get into uh, tax. We're going to get into liability, just all of that stuff that people talk about and sounds so complicated and high level. I'm going to just try to break it down for you guys here and make it as simple as possible in a way that you can kind of understand. Uh, my name is Caleb. My, I am the uh, the host of the Motivated Lawn Care Show. I run my own lawn and landscape business, Yellow Hat Mowers. Um, we have four, tr- four crews right now for the winter season. And uh, it's me and three other guys for now. Summer season is going to be crazy. Goals, five or six trucks. But it's been a wild ride, uh, even this year, and even really recently, going from one to four crews really, really quickly. So I built a pretty decent-sized business for myself, um, and will continue to build it out in the future. I've been doing podcasting for quite some time, but the last little piece of the puzzle here is I am not a lawyer, so I do want to throw that out there. This is all things that I had to learn kind of the hard way, or from books or other content, just seeking it out and searching it out. And a lot of times when I first um, learned about it. It was very, it's so boring. Uh, the only places you can find it are from really boring people. Nobody explains it very simply. So in this episode, I'm going to explain um, legal, law, liability, entities, all that kind of stuff as simply as possible. It might take maybe only 10 minutes. And there's really only two big concepts I want you guys to focus on throughout this whole thing that I'm going to be hitting uh, both of them, especially as we talk about entities, right? Like what entity should I choose for my business from a tax perspective, right? Save money on taxes, which I'm going to talk about more uh, in next week's series episode. How do I not get myself in trouble, right? Something happens, um, you know, God forbid something happens and people are trying to sue you. How do you protect yourself? Um, Because it will happen. It will come. Things Things are going to happen at some point. Uh, the bigger you get, it's just it's just going to happen at some point. So with that being said, we're going to jump right into this. So if you're looking to make yourself more legit, uh, to protect yourself and to save money on taxes, uh, and you're trying to understand the law, the legal, how to not get yourself in the deep end, uh, this is going to be the episode for you. So without further ado, those two big concepts. And we're going to break this down like this. So I'm going to explain the two concepts, and then I'm going to go through each of the types of entities that you're generally going to be able to st- uh, set up as a business owner to be legit. Then I'm going to get a little bit into like liability as in contracts and insurance, leave you guys with a couple of quick tips just to not uh, not get caught up in the craziness and to know what you're talking about when you go into situations where you're speaking with people who are a lot more experienced. And a lot of times this is all grounds to be taken advantage of very, very easily. And uh, it just it's tough because a lot of times people can uh, ring you out for money that it's not even worth you chasing after. And so they just get free service, which is just, it's a horrible way of doing business, but sometimes people will do it. So we're going to try to protect ourselves as best we can with that, uh, make the uh, everything as clear as possible so that if something happens, whether they're coming at us or we have to come after them, that everything is quick, easy, and hopefully not super expensive to deal with when it comes to lawyers and all that kind of stuff. I hope that doesn't scare you because I really haven't had any major issues, uh, minor scuffs here and there, but everything has been pretty above board. And I have a feeling it probably will be with you guys, especially if you um, if you listen to some of this information here. So the first two big concepts I want you to remember: number one, there. Well, there's here's the two here's the two high level concepts. Okay, the first high level concept is how the government and tax bureaus see you. Okay, how are you operating your business? So how do the government 
how do the tax bureaus see you specifically mostly tax bureaus okay how do the tax bureaus look at you and your business okay that's the first thing tax bureaus how are they looking at you second thing how do the courts see you and your business okay and this will all make sense in a second but they they can see you in two completely different ways which i'm going to explain to you here right now okay with the entities specifically the entities which we'll jump into this because this is the one oh, should i said an llc an s corp should i still stay sole proprietorship uh c corp what about that what about llc's uh i've heard my friend he, he says this keeps me from getting sued how does this all work what's going on with this i'm gonna break it down okay Let's go through each of the entities. The first base entity is the sole proprietorship, okay? It's just you doing business. No special name, no special anything. It's literally just you doing business. You're gonna file a Schedule C 1040 tax return. You can write stuff off that are business expenses, but you're basically doing business as you legally. You're not allowed to put on your vehicles or, or on a contract or anywhere like that or advertise as anything but your personal name. So people are just doing business with you, the personal you. Now, yes, you can just call yourself whatever you want. I did that for years before I was ever legit. It was just me in the neighborhood with a, with a lawnmower, so I didn't see the value in that. I had no idea even how to. That's the sole proprietorship, okay? Paying your taxes just like you're you. Uh, it's just you paying your taxes, you're self-employed, uh, you don't have a fancy name, nothing like that. Okay, that's the base level sole proprietorship. Next is the DBA, okay? Also known as, it's it's short force and acronym for doing business as, okay? Now, this is generally the same as a sole proprietorship, but you just add on, hey, sole proprietorship, so your name, right? My name is Caleb Nguyen, right? So I had a DBA went back when I was uh, 17, Um so DBA, right? So it was it was Caleb Nguyen, DBA, Yellow Hat Mowers. Followed it with the state. Very simple process. You go on the website. Um, I believe you have to file it with your county and have a notary sign off on it, which you can do digitally or in person. I did it in person because I didn't know how else to do it. Um, very simple. You could just look up in your county. Like I live in Onondaga County. Hey, Onondaga County, how do I set up a DBA? Um, very simple. It should cost you maybe like 40 bucks. Now you're kind of off to the races. You're a little bit more legit, and you can actually go ahead and set up a business bank account. With it. just you, you have to operate out of your personal bank account because you're not doing business as anything else. The bank won't even look at you as anything else. As a DBA, the bank will now look at your, your banking as a separate entity because legally you can operate with a different name. So that's what I did with my local bank. I just set up a, with my DBA, set up a little business bank account. So Again, file with your notary. It depends on your county. I think mine all in costs like $40 to do, plus a bunch of time figuring out what piece of paperwork to print out and all that kind of stuff. Now, I would also mention this. The DBA does not change anything else about the sole proprietorship. It just means you can do business as a different name and you can set up a bank account under that name. Um, now, a DBA can also be added to an LLC, an S-Corp, or C-Corp. So you can have maybe... My business, for example, is Yellow Hat Mowers, Inc. So I could do Yellow Hat Mowers, Inc. Doing business as Yellow Hat Plowing, right? I could do that. That's a DBA. I just file it and then I can, you know, change my name legally. And on my contracts, I could have Yellow Hat Plowing. And then, well, it would probably say Yellow Hat Mowers, Inc. DBA, Yellow Hat Plowing. So I could address myself as Yellow Hat Plowing. I could sign things off as Yellow Hat Plowing. That kind of thing. That's the benefit of a DBA. It doesn't really change anything for... Um, besides the the name you can do your entity can do business as a different name uh, the next part 
uh, is the S Corp. Okay, we're going to skip over the LLC for one second. We're going to return to it. But the S Corp, what is an S Corp? So like I said, there's two ways. There's two big concepts you have to think of. How the tax bureaus look at you and then how the courts see you. For an S Corp, okay, you're going to file the uh, Form 1120S. Okay, that's the S Corp. Um, and it is no longer you. So if you are a sole, sole proprietorship, uh, or just a sole proprietorship with a DBA, and someone sues you, uh, and you have a house, and you have a car, and you have a motorcycle, and you have whatever, they can personally take all all that. Okay, you lose, you were at fault for something. They can take anything that you own. Okay, with an S corp, now the courts see you personally, your mortgage, your house, you know, your mortgage house, whatever, your car, your motorcycle, whatever else you have, as separate from you and your business. So they can. I believe they can touch your business assets, but not your personal assets. So if you have multiple businesses, you're good. The other businesses are not affected. You're good to go. Okay. So it protects you and the courts see you as separate. So there is no piercing of the corporate veil as they call it. Unless for some reason, I do want to make an exception that, and this is why people are like, hey, dude, I'm protecting myself legally by having, you know, an LLC or a corporation. That's what they're talking about is they can't take your personal stuff. If you own everything in your business's name, I'm sorry, they can access that stuff. Now, piercing the corporate veil is going through the corporation and taking your personal items. If they have proof that you've been doing business incorrectly or illegally in your state, they can pierce the corporate veil anyway and take your stuff. So if you're not doing things very legit and it's open or obvious, um, if you're doing business as a different name, and then legally, it's a like it's you could get in big trouble for doing that. So that's why DBA will come in handy as you get bigger and people see that you're big and making money, and they want to come after you. So legally, they see you separately. The courts will see you separately. Not only that, um, but tax wise, this the tax bureaus will see you separately. So no longer are you paying on that Schedule C 1040 where you have to pay self-employment tax and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm going to talk about it a little bit more in the next series episode, but it will save you money on taxes, having the entity separate from you because your entity itself will not get taxed, okay? If you if it's just you, now you have to pay self-employment taxes on everything, whereas in an S-Corp, what you can do is you can keep some money in the business that is allowed um, without paying taxes on it. You can pay yourself out as a W-2 as if you're an employee, which by the way, employees pay less in taxes as a percentage of their income than a self-employed individual will. So a sole proprietor is actually going to pay more in taxes than a W-2 employee. So keep that in mind. Um, so you can add, you can put yourself on as a W-2. So you can save yourself, you know, 10, 15% on taxes by adding yourself as a W-2 with the S-Corp. So you save a little bit in taxes and then you can pay yourself out in what's called dividends. Uh, dividends is just money you can get paid out from the company. If you guys know, you know, own stocks that, you know, give you dividends for ownership, they pay you out a little percentage of what you own. Same with the S Corp. But if you control the S Corp, you can basically pay your dividends, whatever you want. Um, some things to be careful that I'll talk about in the next one. But if you pay yourself too much in dividends, which is taxed a lot lower than a W-2 is. So again, another way to save on taxes it's going to flag you, they're going to audit you, and then they're going to take your money. The IRS is going to take your money sooner or later. They're going to say, hey, you improperly use your company. So just keep that in mind. Pay yourself a good chunk in W-2, and then you're still going to save tax money over paying yourself as a self-employed individual, and then pay yourself the rest out in dividends unless you can prove that you are not involved at all in the business. Again, we're going to get into this next week, but that's kind of the gist of it. So you're separate legally, so the courts see you separate. Right. If you get sued, anything happens, they can't take your personal stuff. 
or any other businesses or any other ventures you're, you have a, a stake in, they can't access any of that stuff unless you're doing something fraudulent within your business and they can prove it. Um, and the uh, tax bureaus will see you separately. So they no longer see it as uh, Joey or just let's say me. They no longer see it as Caleb Nguyen um, doing business for himself and, and making money for himself. It's this company that Caleb Nguyen works for and happens to own a share in uh, is the one that is paying him out via W-2, so you'll pay taxes that way, and via dividends for the fact that he started this company that employs him. So just keep those two things uh, in mind. So that is the S-Corp, Form 1120S. The C-Corp, okay? This is Form 1120. There's no S, okay? It is the same as the, as the S-Corp where you are not legally liable, so they can't take your personal stuff, and tax-wise, the tax bureaus see you separately. Here's the whammy with C-Corps, though, Okay. It's double tax, right? Any profits within your business get taxed, I believe it's a flat rate of 21% right now. I could be wrong, don't quote me on it, but you get taxed at the corporate level for your profit, and then you get taxed again for dividends or W-2 or whatever you do. So there's just more taxes involved. Um, there's also, you have to keep meeting minutes, and there's just a bunch of other hoops that you have to jump through with the C-Corp. Overall, I'll be honest with you, I just really would not recommend a C-Corp. I know that publicly, some publicly traded companies are C-Corps. I kind of think they're dying out because there's just not really any benefits in them. It's kind of all the old dinosaurs are the C-Corps back before an S-Corp was even a possibility. Now S-Corp rules because you get all the benefits of C-Corp without all the headache. And it's it's basically the same thing. So I would say if you're thinking, hey, I want INC behind my name, go go S Corp. That is what my business is. Yellow Hat Motors Inc. is an S Corp. Now let's talk about the last one, the elephant in the room that everybody talks about, the LLC. Now I also think the LLCs are going out of style only because people don't know how to set them up correctly. So an LLC, right, we're thinking about those two major things. How do the courts see us? Let's start, talk about that first. The courts will still see you and your business separately, so they can't come and take your personal stuff. Awesome, great, we love LLCs, let's go set up an LLC right now. Whoa, 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 not so fast. Tax-wise, the tax bureaus still see the LLC as you personally. So you're gonna pay crazy taxes, self-employment taxes, more taxes than a W-2 earner, someone who has a job is going to pay because they don't see you separate as an LLC. Okay, so you're gonna pay more in taxes as an LLC, but you have the benefit that because of that little LLC, that limited liability company, you are you have limited liability. So it's basically you doing business as you with less liability. So if people sue you, they can't really take your personal stuff. Okay. Here's where it gets fun. And here's where I said if you don't know how to set it up correctly, okay, with your taxes. As an LLC, you can opt to not be taxed as you personally as a sole proprietor or a self-employed person owning the business, okay? You can opt when you first start this entity. You can opt, and you can't change it from there, but you can opt in the beginning to get taxed as an S-Corp or a C-Corp. Now, there's no value in getting taxed like a C-Corp because you just get taxed twice. That's just stupid like you end up paying the same amount of taxes as being self-employed no good but the s corp that magical 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 way of saving money booyah you can file your taxes as an s corp and you're flying under the radar with your little llc sometimes in some states it's gonna be cheaper to set up an llc by like 50 bucks or whatever by a couple of bucks and you can elect to file taxes as an s corp so you get all the benefits that come with both the llc and the s corp except you just have the llc name instead of inc 
So whatever floats your boat, sometimes it can be cheaper, um, but your tax, whoever does your taxes, make sure that they know and are on the same page that you're doing taxes as an S corp. Why don't they just make one same thing? Why is it available in the LLC? I don't know, I didn't write the tax laws myself. All I know is that if you really want to have that LLC behind your name, but you don't want to pay the self-employment 50% crazy taxes that, you know, you're bleeding out taxes more than a W-2 earner, you can do S-Corp, okay? Um, and there's a, I personally think there's a lot of other benefits to doing an LLC that way. S-Corps, you can get flagged pretty easy for some stuff. Not going to get into it here because uh, it's just in my experience. And I can, you know, like I'm not, I'm not a CPA. I'm not a lawyer. I'm just telling you what I know. Um, but yeah, there's going to be more information on the tax side of things in the next episode. So those are the entities. Let's go through them real quick. Sole proprietorship, just you doing business. DBA, on a sole proprietorship. You doing business, but with a different name, so you can set up a bank account. S Corp, completely different than you in tax and in the courts. Okay. C Corp, also the same as S Corp, except you get double taxed. No good. LLC. Okay. LLC is different. So courts see you different. Tax bureaus do not, unless you elect for S or C Corp tax filing. Okay. Those are all the options that you have. Personally, I think that choosing between the LLC S Corp tax or just a straight up S Corp is always the way to go. If I were a legit lawyer, maybe I'd know a little bit more about why, what the benefit of having either or is. I think possibly having an LLC tax that way is like a sneakier way of getting away with it with the with the IRS, but I could be wrong. So I don't know. Don't quote me on it. I would, I'll look into it more when I start another entity, but right now I really don't need to. Um, Again, more on taxes in the next episode. Let's jump into liability. Okay, we covered the entities. Let's jump into the liability side of thing. What is liability? You getting sued, what happens? Likelihood of you losing a lawsuit, likelihood of you being the one holding the that hot potato when it explodes. Like this is the bad stuff. Okay, liability. Let's talk about lowering your liability, your risk, right? Yes, we have high risk tolerance. We're growing our business, we're killing it, we're crushing the game. But we really if we don't have to take the risk, we don't want to, right? We just don't want to leave ourselves open to stupid little mistakes. So the first thing, contracts, okay? You have to have them, just straight up, okay? Go on ChatGPT, have it write up, write you up a contract for XYZ service, be explicit about what you want, and, you know, uh, lay out the, the line items of the services explicitly in the contract. It, trust me, it's just so much better that way because it'll keep you um, paid, because now you have leverage. A lot of times, actually, it's not even worth it to chase people for money. Like people will just not pay you and it's a $300 job. And you're like, dude, uh, what am I going to do? Take a small claims court? Like it's going to cost me like $500 to of worth of my time to do that. Sometimes you got to let them go. I get it. But you can threaten them with this. Hey, you signed a contract thing. Uh, the other one is the, the hold harmless clause. Okay, so it's a secret weapon of the lawyers. This is the, the stuff of nightmares for people who sign a contract that turns out to be hold harmless. What does that mean? I love this in my contracts. I have snow plowing contracts with the hold harmless. That means I can drive my truck through your building, take it down, it somehow lights on fire and burns down to the ground, and you can't sue me. Okay? Like you don't you're not going to hold me anything against me for any such reason. I would highly 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 recommend asking ChatGPT to add a hold harmless clause to your contract. Now, does that mean that if we damage someone's property, we don't fix it? No, we fix it. We we have integrity. We want to build a business the right way. What that means is if Karen goes off on us about her flowers, that she doesn't try to sue us and have all these 
right? We, we just, this is just all leverage. We're not using it against people, but it is leverage. Um, and something that I didn't talk about really with the entities is, is if it's you and a partner, there's a thing called an operating agreement. That's going to be huge for also uh, offsetting liability. And it basically in it, you just say you outline the responsibilities of each person explicitly and their authority to take away shares from the other person, uh, to make decisions, ownership, who owns more. Um, that's the operating agreement. And that's another way to offload liability. So contracts, right? Doing it well, have a hold harmless in there, which basically means they can't come after you. They'll hold you harmless for anything that happens. Uh, the operating agreement, make sure you have that set up. If you have a partner, even if you don't, you probably should have one set up. Basically says this is how the business is going to be run. Um, I almost forgot that, which is important. Operating agreement. It's going to cost you a couple bucks extra. It's it's worth it. You can have ChatGPT write you up one and you could just have a lawyer go over it and kind of just give you the thumbs up on it. Um, but that is liability contracts and make sure you have an operate operating agreement. I mean, really, most of the stuff is just contracts, right? An entity is just a contract with the state uh, and the federal government to pay your taxes a certain way and for the courts to see you a certain way and you pay your fees and your dues to do that. Sometimes it's 180 bucks, 100 bucks, 80 bucks, whatever your state is requiring you to do. It's all just, they're all just contracts with different people with agreements that say, hey, I wanna limit my risk. Um, that's what contracts are, that's what an operating agreement is. It just says, hey, this is how the business is gonna run, which eliminates risk because there's no ambiguity or emotion involved. And then there's the entity itself, which is just your agreement with uh, the government. And so the government as in the tax bureaus and the courts as to how they will look at you or, you know, when you go to pay your taxes and if and when you end up in court. Uh, last thing I want to talk about here before I wrap up with a couple of quick tips, because I said it was going to be a, a 10 minute episode. I think we're running in at like 21 minutes because this is good stuff. Um, insurance. Here's what you want. OK, first thing, general liability. Okay, I don't care if you're a DBA, I don't care what you are, go get li general liability insurance, find an insurance agent, Erie and Niagara is awesome. Um, if you can find an Erie and Niagara uh, insurance agent, you have 17, and I had a million dollars in coverage in general liability insurance, it cost me like 500 bucks for the inside. Like anything happens, the house burns down, I'm covered for a million dollars. Like I'm a million dollar house burns down, I you know I can give them a million dollars out of my insurance. Um, Huge. Uh, I'd say at least a million and more if it's big commercial properties. You always want to have at least as much as the property is worth where you would accidentally hit, you know, a, um, what are they, like a fuel line, someone smoking on the mower, hits a fuel line, drops a cigarette in there, boom, lights up the entire place, destroys the bill, like all this stuff, like you want to have good insurance for that. Commercial auto, okay? Now, at first, I didn't have commercial auto, okay? That was a mistake. Here's why. Because... Commercial auto can actually be cheaper than personal auto. As crazy as it sounds. Like for me to personally insure my 2016 Chevrolet Silverado 3500, uh, which we got in the spring, I believe it was like 250 a month. I got that done at $200 a month with commercial auto. And I can snowplow with that stinking thing. Um, yeah, it's crazy. It's absolutely insane. I think it might be a little bit more now. I think our premium might have gone up a little bit more because we had to increase our coverage and just a bunch of hokey things that we had to do recently um to jump through some hoops for a subcontractor which we're going to talk about in a second <laughs> some pro tips for you guys um but yeah like 200 bucks a month during the green season so come green season i'm going to drop that premium right back down drop some of those coverages um that we don't need and then we'll go from there the umbrella what is an umbrella 
okay? Umbrella is just anything else. The insurance for on top of the insurance, okay? If something happens, you already you get another whatever you want to put in. I think we have a million dollars of anything else that happens, a million bucks on top of it. Nobody ever uses it. It's kind of useless, but a lot of times commercial sites were going to want you to have it. They're well, they're going to require you to have it. Um, just in case something happens, not only does their building burn down, but there were people inside. So now you have to pay for people's funerals and all this. And well, they're hopefully they have life insurance, but God forbid something happens, you get sued, whatever you're good. You're chilling liabilities for like lawsuits and that kind of stuff specifically. Um, but it's stuff can, you can pay out for a bunch of different stuff. It'll be in there. There'll be different line items. I'm not an insurance agent. My dad actually is, but I am not as in depth. I don't have quite as much in depth knowledge besides I know liability so i don't get well if and when i get sued i'm good or if i burn down someone's building commercial auto if i get in an accident or something happens umbrella to cover me if anything else is not covered um and then workers comp which is just if somebody gets hurt on the job they get paid and compensated um for the time that they are incapable of working it's very expensive in our industry but uh in case of emergency it's just it's good to have and it is legally required and i think most states if it's not legal legally required go get it anyway it just it lines up with how much how many hours i think or what your payroll is is what it's based on so whoever does your payroll for you set it up with them if it's just you out there doing it, you don't need workers comp but yeah if you if you got people on payroll you gotta get it you gotta get it. so last tip for you guys okay especially when it comes to insurance this is an insurance tip uh, a little bit of liability but mostly insurance okay Commercial contracts, they're going to want you to add them as additional insured, which means if you accidentally do something, it comes from your insurance. If you subcontract for someone else, this can get very expensive. Just want to throw that out there for you guys. If you're doing snow on large commercial properties, your insurance is going to go to $75,000 a year. I don't care if your contract's not $75,000. It's going to be $75,000 a year. Okay, like it's going to go up astronomically. So you need to be really careful. You need to find a really good insurance agent. My my insurance agent, Nick Masterpole, the man, um, <laughs> he's been through the trenches with me. I, there was, uh, we were going to go out and snowplow um, the next day at like 3 p.m. That night before at uh, 6 p.m., I get a an email from one of our biggest contracts from our sub from some we subcontract for who will be on the podcast soon, their company, the remainder of the bus here, Ted, you're killing me. Um, he said, Hey, we need this, this, and this insurance. <coughs> he said, you're, what you have is not going to, not going to cut it. And I had sent them my insurance previously, just found out now. I was like, bro, are you kidding me? Next morning, wake up, call my agent. We have to completely change my policy, rewrite my policy, all this crazy stuff, just because they required more coverage. They required umbrella. They needed to be as an additional insured. So if we break anything on one of their properties, they're not liable for it. We're liable for it, which is crazy. It pushed us very much into another bracket. So we're paying like 30% more in insurance than I really wanted to or I budgeted on. But here we are. It is what it is. Just want to throw that out there beforehand. If you're subcontracting, you're going to catch it in the butt with insurance. Um, if you're doing bigger lots, you're going to catch it in the butt with insurance. Um, and as you grow and you just get bigger contracts, government contracts, state contracts, that kind of stuff. Really anything commercial is where it gets complicated. If you're going to keep it residential, which is a great way of doing business, you're not going to have to worry about it. Okay. You're having your general liability, commercial auto, workers comp is really all you need. If you really want to feel good about yourself and pay $350 a quarter for a million dollars in umbrella, you can do so. 
Um, if you're doing higher-end homes, maybe you pay a little bit extra for a few million dollars extra in coverage in case something happens. Other than that, that's about it for insurance. So with that being said, I'm going to recap real quick, speed through, entities, okay, sole proprietorship, just you, DBA, new name, just you, S-Corp, not you in the court's eyes or tax bureau's eyes, um, C-Corp, not you, tax bureau's eyes or the um, court's eyes, but double taxation, LLC, basically a sole proprietorship with limited liability, uh, just you with, you know, a little bit more protection for your butt in case something happens, but you can opt to get taxed as a company too. And so you're also separate from the tax bureau CEO as separate as well. Liability, have contracts. If you can sneak a hold harmless in there um, and just line things out very explicitly, you can literally use ChatGPT, guys. Do, do not hire a lawyer to, to write you a $1,000 contract when there are great resources out there for like 100 bucks or completely free. Um, insurance, what do you want? General liability, always. Commercial auto, always. Umbrella, if you want it. Workers comp, always. Okay, that's what I got for you guys. That is the episode. I think I'm coming in on almost 30 minutes here of just jabbering away. But this is a lot of stuff. Um, and now you know more than 99% of all your buddies who are going to say, bro, I'm getting an LLC because nobody can sue me now. Yes, they can. Well, they can't take my stuff. Yes, they can. If you do your business wrong, if you structure it wrong, or if you don't, if you do something that you don't know you're doing, that's wrong. They can come and get you. So make sure you run your business correctly. Make sure you're above reproach, especially when you do contracts. Yes, you always want to be on top with your contracts just in case something happens. Don't use it as an excuse to be dishonest. It will catch you in the butt so hard, and your business is just, it's just not good, okay? People word will get around. So reserve that stuff in case something happens, something really, really bad happens that the lawsuit is worth more than your reputation and or and or the company is a horrible company to work with everyone knows that and it's not going to damage your reputation it's just going to damage your bank account and everything that you've worked so hard to build um but yeah thank you guys for tuning in and if you want to hear a little bit more about saving money on taxes we're going to talk about that next week but until next time i'll catch you guys later